Welcome to What's the Buzz, a podcast in which friends talk about issues and interests from around the world. o'clock p.m. and uh, last week we actually had some problems recording so we didn't get an episode out so and news was slow last week so it really didn't matter that much but uh podcast four welcome to podcast four and uh we're actually going to be talking about Steve Jobs and Apple a lot in this episode just because we never really we didn't have this podcast going when he died, and we're both not fans of Apple. Steve Jobs. Well, seeing that there's a company now trying to produce a super realistic doll of him, of course, marketing at a marked up price, typical Apple, um, it brought up the, my attention that pretty much everybody in the media and many people average people in general worship the guy as an innovator of the PC world, an innovator, the man who started the industry or whatever. That is wrong! Can I say something really quick? What? For all of you Apple fanboys that are about to attack us and say, it's Mac, not PC, guess what the word PC stands for? It stands for personal computer. Anyways... Steve Jobs was not an innovator of the computer industry. However, he was an incredible salesman and a lucrative businessman. He would take ideas that were already out on the market, being produced by other companies, stealing, in essence, uh, and he would tailor them to his own vision and push them through his company and an advertising campaign. This drive that he had would would leave him nearly bent on his ideas, and he quite calmly took it out on his employees. He, he was even fired from Apple at one point because of doing things like this. Uh, what I'm really trying to say is, Steve Jobs and the Apple Company's success, in a nutshell, is a combination of the drive he had and other factors that could be related to two major historic people. Thomas Edison is one who in reality, didn't invent anything, but instead proved upon established ideas like Steve Jobs did. Most of his thousand-plus patents were not even directly made by him, but by the workers under his thumb. No respect, disrespect to Steve or his fans in any way for the next person I'm going to compare him to with, but Adolf Hitler, who in my eyes is the greatest salesman and politician of all time, he could whip up a crowd in his rallies and was so good at selling himself and his party to the German people, he would have been able to sell them buckets full of shit if he wanted to. Nazi Germany would have never happened about him, and the same comparison can be applied to Steve's relationship with Apple. Now that Steve is gone, Apple's going to need either a new drive or a new product that's going to keep them out on top. Otherwise, I bet within the next five to ten years, they'll fall out of their current market share, if not fold up altogether. Well, there are a lot of things you can say about Steve Jobs. I mean, 
I don't care for Apple whatsoever. And I think that if they were to disappear tomorrow, the technological market wouldn't even be phased. Sure, some people would have to go out and buy Android smartphones, but it's not the end of the world. So, that yes. being said, I'm just going to I'm just going to just I'm just going to say exactly how minuscule and unimportant Apple is because the media is so in love with Steve Jobs that no one's going to say it. So, I figure why not? I'll say it. So, um say you got a big company like Google, right, Phil? How many how many businesses is Google involved with? Would Googleplex be a proper word to use here? Because there's no way I can count them all. Well, a lot of people use it for their search. Obviously, a lot of businesses may use it may use their Google Document service. A lot of people in businesses probably use their email service. A lot of people probably use their browser. A lot of people probably fund their own their own. Um, business economy, or I, I should say, fund their own income with Google AdSense and ads on their website. So, and also Google has internet service providing options, and they have servers, and, and they sell laptops, etc. And you have Apple. Apple sells overpriced Chinese pieces of shit, or iPhones, iPads, which are toys, overpriced laptops, and overpriced everything else. Now, if Apple went down tomorrow, snob, snobby Apple fans wouldn't have their precious iPhones, and they wouldn't have their useless precious iPads. But the world as we know it wouldn't go down. If Google, on the other hand, went bankrupt tomorrow, how many people would be out because of AdSense? How many people wouldn't be getting paid? How many people wouldn't have their contacts and their email services? How many people wouldn't have the opportunity to make money on YouTube? How many people... Apple is is unimportant, and the media's obsession with them—it's just—it's just a fad, I think, and it's—I think it's really, really stupid. So, it's because, like I said, my rant—he brought a drive to the table. In fact, now I think about it, there is one thing the market would miss if Apple folded up and completely disappeared tomorrow. I fail to see what that would be. So enlighten me. A competitor. Uh, Google, Microsoft, RIM, um, no. But still, it's it's still another competitor. I know it may not seem like much, but for every competitor that is taken out of the field, that's one less drive that's not on top. I might be a little harsh on Apple overall importance to the market because the the creation of the iPhone did drive for better smartphones. And a lot of other things. Don't get me wrong. Apple is good for the market, but in my opinion, they are not as important as they are let on. Innovation, yes, Apple owns that. Apple will probably always own innovation because they have they have the ability. Well, not with Steve anymore, but they had the ability to be so arrogant and and charge so much. And and when you charge so much, you have a thing called exclusivity. Like in Europe, where the cars are like four, five, six times more more expensive, but you get the exclusivity and you get the elitism, and you you can you get to be the guy driving around in a Mercedes. Not everybody owns a Mercedes. Not everybody owns an iPad. Not everyone owns an iPhone. You get that. You get the. It's a status symbol. You know. 
The same way back in the day, the Lionel train was the status symbol of toy of choice, where today it's the iPhone or the Xbox 360 equivalent. That's what everybody asks for for Christmas this day and age. And speaking, speaking of Xboxes, they're, they're so plagued with failure. It's like fail and AIDS. It's so bad. Like, my friend, he, he doesn't... When I say I play PC games, because Phil and I, we mostly play PC games, because overall they're cheaper and they have better hardware to run on. My friend, whether he wants to admit it or not, is a diehard console fanboy. And I was talking to him on the other on, on on Google Voice the other day, and he was he was telling me, "Why don't you send your Xbox in to get fixed? Why don't you, if you, because I said we can fix it ourselves, and we can fix it better than if we were to send it into Microsoft, because everyone knows Microsoft makes Xboxes extremely cheap, and they don't even use lead solder to do anything with it, so it's going to fail in like two weeks, if that." And he was telling me, like, uh. Oh, you should just send it in. You should just send it in. You should send it in. And I don't know. I don't even. And I said it doesn't even matter that much. The only thing we really use our Xbox for is streaming movies. You know. And that brings up the thing is they repair the Xboxes the same way they manufacture them. So when it's it's called a reballing when they put in put in. That's what causes the bread ring of death. Uh, is it the GPU or the CPU? I can't remember. Which. It's it's actually a combination of the screws they use and the cheapness of the solder and the GPU. Solder has no lead in it, so lead creates uh, ductility, allowing it to flex upon heating and cooling. The and, it, and because of the poor the poor design of the entire console, if it gets overheated, that solder will melt and it'll spread, and the balls will come off and. On the other hand, you also have the X clamps on the bottom of the board, which cause extreme stress to the to the to the console as a whole. And I don't even. The only reason we we even have an Xbox is for Halo, for when we download our movies, we can watch it on TV, and like five other games. It's not even worth owning. And that right there is the only reason why the Xbox 360 has succeeded this year. Back the PS3, in all essence, once you factor in everything, was pretty much a flop. The PS3 is just as bad, whether console fans want to admit it or not. As a casual gamer, I can name maybe five games that that they would want to play that are exclusive. Sure, you got Final Fantasy 1, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9,000, and a bunch of other retarded games that no one wants to play. And then you got Uncharted, which is a good series, and you got Heavy Rain, and you got all these other games, which are probably a handful of good games. And that's it. No one really cares. And the Wii, and Nintendo kind of gave the hardcore gamer market a big FU with the Wii. Well, actually, I'm going to stand up for the Wii because they have a lot of casual games, but it's a casual console, so they can get away with that. You when you buy a Wii, you know it's a casual console. When you buy a PS3 or an Xbox, you expect to play Halo, you expect to play Final Fantasy, you ex- you expect to have a lot of hardcore game choices, you know what I mean? Which honestly, you really had uh, you had either the lesser of two evils if you think about it. PS3 lacked a lot of good games and yeah. the Xbox 360 you- also lacked a lot of good games. 
but failed the, a lot the 360 as well. would be worse in that regard because you always had the threat of the thing pretty much exploding on you. Yeah. You could say about the same about launch PS3 consoles too. But, um, I know we kind of mixed up the uh, whole Apple thing and the Xbox thing, but I think they're kind of related in, in, a, in, a, in a small way. They pushed it out on the market, pushed it out early, and there was problems as a result. I believe Apple had done that with one or two things, too. Apple Apple does that a lot, actually, and then they hide their criticisms. And Steve Jobs was known to sit up at 5 in the morning writing angry emails to his criticizers, to you know, to his critics, sorry. If he treats the critics like that, I don't even want to know how he treated his employees. But, um... <laughs> Speaking of speaking of technology, um, Black actually is losing a lot of ground. It's um, it's now the third most used. It's now the third most used mobile operating system, and with Windows Phone's supposed, you know, grand devices that they've got coming out with the Nokia, whatever, Windows Phone Seven and Windows Phone Eight will probably destroy RIM, and it'll be Android, iOS and um, a Windows phone. BlackBerry, I think one of the main reasons they're, they're going down so fast is they don't have application support. I mean, they're good. They're good phones. But, like, they, they don't have... People buy smartphones now not just for emails and for... They want to have application support. They want to download games. They want to do this and they want to do that. And... BlackBerry doesn't really have much, and their operating system is pathetic, in my opinion. But they their their market share fell from nineteen point seven percent to sixteen point seven sixteen point six percent in like a year. So, I'm going to ask a bit of a strange question since I really don't know much about the high end phone industry. <laughs> made clearly on our last show, uh, do these phones? Do they have support for, like, PC software where you could just hook it up to your PC and download something to it, or... You yeah, you can do a lot of stuff. I have mean, support for everything like that. You're talking about, like, share your internet connection with it? Or, or, like, let's say you have a program that you can't find on the phone marketplace but works with PC. Minecraft, for example. Let's say I There's like Minecraft for Android and for iOS. But let's say if there wasn't for a second. What if I wanted to transfer vanilla Minecraft to my computer to my phone? Could the phones be done like that or not? Yeah, they have they have uh, SD card. Most phones have SD card integration. So they're not locked in. You, I can actually do it. And that. you can plug it into your computer, and you can't run it on there, but you can use it as a storage device, and uh, Android can emulate. Since Android is a Linux uh, spinoff, you can run a run a Linux distro, and you can run it as a jar. You can, I think, you can even uh, get my, Minecraft to run natively, because Minecraft is just a jar file. Okay. But enough about enough about technology and all that. We got to move on to politics, and uh, Iran is uh, stirring up some shit. Again and again, they've been in the news a lot. Some nice uh, recent tests of guided uh, ship-to-ship missiles in the Persian Gulf. I believe this concluded just a few days ago. Uh, it was essentially it was just a gigantic political show. Uh, and then, as uh, added 
what the fuck moment they threatened our uh, they threatened the channels with blockades because they don't want us imposing any more sanctions against them for their nuclear program. Yeah. And and they thre- and apparently they threatened one of our US naval groups never to come back into the Persian Gulf with it. I mean, but that's like that's like it's ridiculous. That's like Pikachu threatening Charizard. I mean, it's like, are you serious? Or a little kid running into a bar with a baseball bat, thinking that he's hot stuff. In yeah, I ran. Sit down and let the big boys play. Come on, I don't. Ahmed didn't. Whatever, Jad. Whoever Ahmed fuck that is. Job or whatever. Ahmed. <laughs> no, 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 no. Who honestly cares pronouncing that name? I can't do it. He's like Kim Jong too, because no one politically, no one cares for Iran. Everybody just deals with their shit. And if we got into a war, I mean, it would be us, England, Canada, Australia, possibly if it was a world war. Pretty much all the English Commonwealth, us, and maybe Russia against or for us, and China against or for us. You know, it's like they're just trying to—they're just trying to flex their political power, and they have none. And, but that's where the danger lies: is they're trying to get political power, nuclear weapons. I mean, uh, surface ship-to-ship missiles that are guided. The fact they just tested a whole bunch of them that work, and they have ships equipped with them now—that's saying something. That means they could actually go toe-to-toe with a high-tech ship equivalent. Yeah, one on one. But what about our gigantic num- fleets? Yeah, what, if you what think about numbers? Our- we have a, we have like what six fleets or something like that. We'd be able to, we'd be able to beat them with numbers alone, but we'd smash them into the ground with without even trying. I mean, I know we sound cocky, but it's Iran. It's not like we're fighting China, where China would have a decent chance because they have more people than us. We have better technology. The thing with Iran, it'd be very, fu- it'd be a very fucking brutal battle. Even though we'd still I don't, win, I don't think so. We could just, I think it would be more actually. Now that I think about it, you might be right, but I think it would turn out to sort of Vietnam, a Vietnam scenario, where, and like it happened in Iraq, where they had to hide and just they couldn't fight man to man. They had to hide in the bushes, act and act like little girls and trick us. When in which point. We just decided, you know what, screw this, carpet bomb, carpet bomb, carpet bomb, carpet bomb. That's you know, and just... And it sounds brutal, but we just destroy their cities over and over and kill everything. And that's, can, not, and that's that. why... You know, that's the thing. With, an, uh, with what Iran's been doing, if they keep doing what they're doing, threatening embargoes, or even carrying through the threat, or even firing upon a ship... They'll open up a goddamn shitstorm can of worms that will just snowball. I'd be afraid to see what the end result would be. If it's just Iran versus the U.S. or Iran versus whoever they fucked with, who cares? But if half the Middle East stands behind Iran, or... I I don't know. I mean, they might, but... Like, we have... Actually, no, they all hate us. Probably. But, uh... We gotta move on to uh, SOPA, actually. 
we tried to say this last week, but of course we had technical difficulties, so we're going to say it this week. SOPA got voted on, I didn't even get voted on, and it got shoved back and pushed back, and it's going in for revisions, and uh, it's actually good that we're talking about SOPA, because I also want to talk about the NDAA, but um, the National Defense Authorization Act was signed into law, isn't that great? Passed it on the premise because it also came with our military's funding. Otherwise, this bill would have never passed. It was kind of like... Well, Obama signed it with reservations. Like, I don't believe in this. So I'm not going to use it. But that doesn't mean anything because what if fucking Mitt Romney gets elected in 2012 and decides to use it? That doesn't mean shit. You know, you can be as moral as you want, but that's still a law. The law is on the books, so that means the power is there. You don't put a law into action and say, oh, so we should never use this, but let's keep it just in case. That's ridiculous. So at any time, if the whole country starts to riot because something goes down and our country starts falling apart, they'll whip that out. You're all being terrorists. Goodbye. You're going to... Going to the FEMA camps. (laughs) Yeah. FEMA camps... I know that's something we've never discussed here, but... Might as well. I mean, they're popping up everywhere. There's one in Flint. There's one in the north. There's the one state. in the Upper Peninsula. It's right towards the upper... Uh, the northeastern tip. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's... Which... They, they say they're supposed, these camps are supposed to be for times of national emergency. But Have you seen pictures of those? Have you seen pictures of the FEMA camps? Um, why are there barbed wire? <laughs> why are there freaking uh, sentry nests at every corner? That's my biggest question. They're not built like a place to protect people in times of national emergency. They're built like a double-walled prison. Well, I mean, for all we know, it's to keep all the bad people out, Phil. You gotta, you gotta get behind the barbed wire fence because the monsters could come kill you. Was I got it, the only thing I could think of that kind of fence would be good for is the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yes, yeah, another over and overdone um, subject raped by the media in popular culture. That's but otherwise uh, you can clearly see what them are for. You don't even need a conspiracy theorist to say that something up is up with them places. They're even kind of keeping hush hush about them. You need to actually actively hunt for them. On websites that have taken photos, I was not able to find any kind of documentation or paperwork on these places to say they even exist. But uh, back to the SOPA thing. I know we went on it like we usually do, but... um, So, they... um, they wanna. They're saying that SOPA is gonna be killed in its in its uh, current form, and Obama's not gonna sign it, and Hillary Clinton's already come out against it, and everyone's against it, and it's gonna. It's probably gonna be killed off. So I'm thinking after this last set of revisions that they've had on it, once they've tried proposed on the floor, no one is gonna want to touch this bill. It's that bad now. Okay. Well, that's probably the end of the show. I don't. Think we have anything else to to talk about? It's a slow week this week, slow week next week. So that's it for us. And um, episode five next week, we're gonna end the show with a song called "Sopa Cabana." It's by Dan Bull. It's um, 
He's an English rapper. It's it's kind of about the bill and about internet freedom and everything. Should be good, so. I was born way back in 1986. I'm an old man now, but I remember how it used to be. And now my grandchildren ask me, Granddad, they say, can you tell us what it was like in the days of the internet? You know, before SOPA. And I tell them, when was that? Hmm, let me see. Sometime back in the early 21st century. I remember when the internet was free. Behind my keyboard, people let me be. See, there used to be a thing called freedom of speech. We had freedom to teach each other, freedom to preach, freedom to share culture and circulate ideas without the state trying to interfere, interfere. We lost that freedom, not freedom as in free beer, but the freedom to be free from fear. Even here in the United Kingdom, the fact that I'm from England isn't a matter that matters to our new masters and kings. Was the chap who could sing and distribute my music? Unlike-minded citizens could listen to it. I couldn't afford an orchestra. I was a poor performer in more ways than one. So I sought an alternate formula, reinterpreted the media around me, satirized the leaders' lies on found beats, talk shop on the mother sample of a rock band. At least we used to until rap got banned at the Sopa. Sue me. 